Well, if you're not in the morning service, uh, my name is David Baskey, and this is my wife, Rose, right here. We've been married for 32 years, and our youngest son, Justin, is somewhere. He was here a while ago, but uh, he's around here somewhere, uh, and he's the youngest of five, and uh, they all grew up in Nigeria, and we have been there now for 28 years, uh, since uh, July of 1994, and the Lord has helped us to start nine churches um, on the way back uh, to the States. Uh, the day we were leaving, we were able to buy uh, property uh, to start our next church plant. And so, Lord willing, when we go back uh, at the end of November, uh, we'll be going back to start our 10th church plant. And so we need your tr- uh, prayers about that, uh, for God's uh, provision and help with that. And um, Nigeria is Africa's most populated country. Uh, it's uh, 215 million people. Uh, it's an English-speaking country as well. And uh, so that was a blessing. We didn't have to learn a new language. And uh, they going through a lot of problems. Uh, of course, third world country, it's uh, uh, high unemployment, high in- inflation. Uh, it's also 50% Muslim. And uh, they've had a lot of problems with that as well. Uh, but in spite of all the difficulties they're, f- they're facing there, uh, we have seen a-, a great harvest of people saved, uh, very open and receptive to the gospel. And uh, to God be the glory, we've seen over 220,000 souls saved that we know of uh, through all of our ministries over the last uh, 28 years. And, uh, of course, uh, you had a part in that, uh, in uh, the, uh, the soul saved, and the church has started there. And, again, we want to thank you uh, for partnering with us to get out the gospel in Nigeria, and that is fruit that abounds uh, to your account. We do have uh, some more prayer cards back there if you didn't get one this morning. And please take one of those and pray for us as we go back to Nigeria. God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Brother Maskey. What a hero he is. And it's been an inspiration in my life as I've been able to watch him from a kid uh, continue to reach people for Christ. Tomorrow he'll be speaking to our children and chapel, and they're looking forward to hearing him. And children, he was telling me a little bit, he's going to show you something And you're not going to want to miss out. You better come to school tomorrow, okay? And uh, I know you'll be here anyways, but looking forward to that. At this time, I'm going to have uh, Brendan Morgan coming up here. And uh, he's going to give a little bit about what God is doing in their life. And show. uh, we're going to show a video to to Japan there. He's going to show us to us a little bit. And so I'm excited about what God's doing in their life and how we can pray for this dear family and get behind them. So. Well, good evening, or I say konbanwa in Japanese. Uh, Again, my name is Brendan Morgan. For those who maybe did not uh, get to meet us this morning, we are missionaries going to Japan. And uh, again, uh, I think this morning I only had my wife in here, Karin, and uh, we've been married for 17 years. Thank you, honey. And then uh, we have six children. We'll just go oldest to youngest. We've got Sienna and uh, Aiden and Callan, the twins, and then uh, Brayden and then Kira you guys are kind of going out of order there. All right. And then Grayson, he's in the nursery, I believe. But uh, God has been good to us to call us to go to Japan. And uh, I just always like to share a little bit about my uh, testimony, just so people can understand who I am and where I came from. You know, I did not grow up in a Christian home. I, I didn't have your, you know, typical... I guess if you want to consider a typical missionary testimony, I don't know if there is such a thing, but I, uh, I grew up with a single mother, and she was involved in something called Scientology. And I, uh, you know, that's kind of what I grew up in, a very different religion, very much kind of like a cult. And Scientology, they believe in past lives and being reincarnated over and over again. And, and through kind of this questioning or therapy, you uh, will remember your past lives and kind of unlock yourself and free yourself from this physical universe and very, very different than what we would think of as far as church. We didn't go to a church. We, uh, they, we went to an office building every now and then and we did these like sessions and things. And, and so, uh, that's what I grew up with. And so when I, you know, so became a teenager and uh, started to kind of get out on my own a little bit and get independent, I, I kind of went through some things and realized that Scientology was not for me. And I didn't really want to do that. I didn't want to do anything as far as religion was concerned. I, I really, as a, a 19 year old young man, single, what I really wanted was, you know, to make money, but most importantly, I wanted to find a girlfriend, amen? And uh, uh, that's what I was thinking about as a young man, of course. And so God used that to send my wife uh, my way. My wife, she grew up in South America, in Peru, a Spanish-speaking country and predominantly Catholic country. And uh, while in Peru growing up, she went to an all-girls Catholic school. 
And when she was getting ready to graduate, she wanted to get out and see the, the world, see another country. And, and uh, she happened to mention that, of course, to her mother. And her mother happened to mention this to a friend of their family, a co-worker, who uh, just so happened to have a daughter who was going to Bible college here in America. And uh, was able to say about, uh, tell her, my, my mother-in-law, about the Bible college, how they have structure and rules and all these different things, much like the Catholic school. And so my mother-in-law thought, that sounds great. I want you to go to a place like that. So my wife applied to go to Bible college as an unsaved Catholic. They ask you for a salvation testimony, and I don't know what she wrote down on there, and, uh, but somehow or another, by the grace of God, they accepted her to come to Bible college. And while in Bible college, you know, she just wants to fit in. This is her ticket to America, right? And uh, she's just following all the rules and everything. But, you know, in Bible college, they go out soul winning, and they go out every week and on the bus routes, and, and they present the gospel. And so as my wife hears the gospel over and over again, the, the, uh, the word of God starts to have an impact in her heart, and she begins to get convicted, realize that she's lost. And, you know, before she left Peru, her mom told her one thing. She said, honey, I don't know what they're about over there. I don't know what kind of religion that is, but whatever they tell you, just follow what the Bible says. It's pretty good advice, right? And uh, so she, she, uh, she looked and she took the track one day and she looked in the Bible and realized that's really what the Bible says about how you can know for sure you're going to heaven someday by trusting Christ as your personal savior. And so there in her dorm room, she, uh, she got on her knees and prayed and accepted Christ as her savior, got saved and uh, got a burden for her family and was able to lead many of them to the Lord and, and went on to graduate Bible college. And afterwards, she came to California to teach in a Christian school. And that's where she met me. I'm, I'm native to California, the Sacramento area, and uh, I uh, grew up there. And so I, I was able to meet my wife. She invited me to church. It was the first time we, we met. And uh, uh, there at church, I really wasn't interested in being a Christian or going to church, but I was interested in talking to a pretty girl. And, uh, and so I went to church. Don't remember anything about it. But afterwards, my wife gave me her testimony, and she gave me the plan of salvation. And uh, she went very thorough into it, and I listened to it thinking, you know, this is really not for me. I don't think this is going to go anywhere. I don't want to be a Christian. But I went home that night and could not sleep for many hours as the Holy Spirit was convicting me, realizing that, man, what if this is true? What if the Bible's true and, and there really is a God and there really is a heaven and a hell? And things that I had never even thought about before. And uh, there, uh, as I was thinking about that, I, I knew I had to know more about it. And so I went back to church, partly because I was still interested in her, but, but also God was working on my heart. And, and I was able to speak with a man in the church, and he led me through the plan of salvation again very thoroughly. And, and I trusted Christ as my Savior there and got baptized and started to grow in the Lord. And finally, after much uh, persuasion and persistence, I finally agreed to allow my wife to start dating me. And then we... Um, you know, I think really what happened is she was trying to scare me away, you know, so she gave me the plan of salvation and it didn't work. And so now here we are 17 years later with six children and, uh, but God has been so good to us. God has called us to go to Japan and uh, we're excited to see what God is going to do with our lives. As I mentioned this morning, Japan is a, is a needy place, not very open and receptive to the gospel, but I do believe this is just as God worked on my heart through his word, he can work on the hearts of the Japanese people as well. And so uh, we'll go ahead at this time, I guess, we'll watch a video and then maybe say a few more things after that. Is that all right? Okay. All right. Thank you. Japan. It is often known as a country of massive cities and interesting foods. It is also a country of great beauty and rich culture. But it is also a country of great spiritual darkness where the vast majority of people have never heard a clear presentation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. My name is Brendan, and this is my wife, Karin, and we are the Morgan family, missionaries to Japan. We believe that God has called us to serve him in Japan for the rest of our lives. Japan is truly a fascinating country. With over 6,800 islands, it has a very unique scenery and pristine beauty. The Japanese people are known for their politeness and honor. When we think about Japan, it is not a country that has much material need. However, the Japanese have a very real need to know Jesus Christ as their savior. Japan has a population of approximately 127 million people, yet only around 1% claim to be Christian. This includes Mormonism, Catholicism, and Jehovah's Witnesses. The amount of true Bible-believing peoples is less than half of 1%. Most Japanese will claim to practice either Buddhism or Shintoism, which is spirit worship, but in reality, most Japanese are very secular and non-religious. The Japanese people lead very stressful lives with a poor work-life balance. 
The suicide rate is one of the highest in the world. It is almost as if they are searching for something but have yet to find it. Our mission is to tell the Japanese people of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We believe that God has called us in the same way that he called Paul. And as Jesus says in Acts 26, 18, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God. Our goal is to open the eyes of the Japanese people so that they would be saved. At the end of World War II, General Douglas MacArthur begged for a thousand missionaries to come to Japan to spread the gospel. However, Japan got businessmen and industry instead. Japan became a very prosperous nation, yet they remained very firmly within Satan's grasp. When we arrive in Japan, we will be serving at a local Japanese church while we better learn how to minister to the Japanese people. Afterward, we will rely on God's leading as we look to start a church in the area where the need is greatest. I have already been studying the Japanese language since 2017, and our hope is that when we arrive in Japan, we will begin witnessing to the Japanese people as soon as possible. Will you pray for us as we seek to follow God's will for our lives in Japan? Will you pray for the Japanese people that they would hear the gospel and be saved? Our vision is that God would open their eyes and that someday there would be a church in every city of Japan and that the gospel would spread all throughout Asia and under the uttermost parts of the earth. Thank you very much for your consideration. The Bible says in John 3.3, 3, in Japanese, Yesu wa kotaerareta, makoto ni makoto ni, anata ni imas, hito wa atarashku umaranekereba, kami no kuni o mirokoto wa dekimasen. Which, of course, is, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And that is our message to go and tell the Japanese people is that they must be born again. Not physically, as many in Eastern-type religions maybe believe sometimes, is that you are born and then die and then are reborn over and over again, much like uh, Scientology believes, and that you're locked into that cycle and that somehow you need to escape from that cycle. Uh, but we need to tell them they must be born again spiritually by faith in Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ, he came to this earth, he died on a cross to pay for the sins of the whole entire world. And he is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That includes those in Japan, in America, in Nigeria, in all the countries of the world. And uh, we're just excited to see what God will do. It is a difficult field. It's not, uh, traditionally, it's not been one where you see, uh, it's not like Brother Maskey was saying earlier, where you can just go outside, go out and soul winning and see multiple people come to Christ. Typically, that's not the case. And it has happened, and I believe it will continue to happen. But again, I believe as we go, and Lord willing that more laborers go, that uh, as the gospel is preached more and more in Japan, and that, that uh, opinion of the gospel starts to shift, more and more people in Japan will start to come to know Christ as their Savior. There, there's a lot of difficulties and barriers in the sense that you think about uh, the culture and how, you know, there's a, a, Japan is a very collectivist society where you don't just do what you want to do. You always have to think about what do other people think? What do my family think? What do my friends think? What does society at large think? And so for a Japanese person to say, hey, I'm turning from the Japanese way. I'm turning from all these things that my fathers have passed down, and I'm now turning to Jesus Christ as my Savior. Many times they face uh, persecution, or, or not, not physical persecution, but just uh, like being shunned by friends and family and things like that. I, I heard the story of the man who pastors the church, uh, Senri Newtown Baptist Church in Osaka. That's where we will be serving for the first two to three years when we get there as we're learning the language better in the culture. He surrendered to be a preacher, and his family essentially kicked him out of their house, and he was no longer their son. I heard of another woman, a young lady who was a college student. She had a friend that just died right in front of her. She had some kind of medical condition, and so this girl was very shaken up by it, and she uh, somehow or another got into church and heard the gospel, and she got saved. And, excuse me, she continued to go to church, and when her parents found out about it, they said, her mother told her, if you don't stop going to church, I'm going to commit suicide. So you can just imagine the pressure that's on you to, to, to do what's expected of you by your friends and your family. And, uh, but as I said earlier, the same God that used his word to change my heart can change the hearts and minds of the Japanese people. 
And uh, we're going not, not with confidence in, in our ability, but in full confidence in what God can do through our lives in Japan. And so please pray for us. Grab one of our cards on our table back there. And, and as you go, and maybe, uh, you know, anytime you go out and eat sushi or something, whatever, uh, think about the Morgan family. Or you can think about the Oishis. I believe your altar supports them as well. And I stole some of his video in there. What a, what a great name for a missionary. His name is Go. You know what I mean? It's like, how, how, how much better can that get as a missionary name? But uh, we'll be helping, uh, we'll be working with them a little bit and, and uh, kind of uh, as much as we can, kind of a partnership, and we're excited to, uh, to be on the field with them as well. So please pray for us as we go, the Morgan family to Japan, and we would greatly, greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Well, we had an exchange student from Japan as well, and he got saved and was excited and shared with his parents. And Go Oishi is certainly shared with a lot of our international students from Japan. Let me mention that one of the things we uh, started doing, especially before COVID and then this year, was taking missions trips and trying to take a good number of our people as well as as many teenagers as possible we had 17 teenagers go with us last time out of 29 altogether to Honduras. This next year, we're going to Peru. Um, one of our own, John and Marjorie uh, Biazzo, uh, have started a church in Peru uh, probably about six, seven years ago. And God is blessed. Not only is the main campus running about 350 every Sunday, they've started two other churches out of their work. Um, we went down there about three years ago and built a building after we purchased land for them. And they have just packed that thing out. All their property is just about undercover now, using for Sunday school space. And, and they just constantly are growing and reaching many more people. Uh, for the last two years, for Easter, he's had special outreach where they get teams and they go out. And they lead sometimes two and three and four thousand people to Christ in one week, just going out and sharing the gospel all throughout the communities. Uh, we have been there before doing that for special days and had hundreds of people show up at the service. This will be another trip of a lifetime. Our giving for missions helps underwrite that, and we pay a portion of the teenagers as they go on this journey, and we believe it transforms their life. Getting to see people come to faith in Christ and other cultures, and getting to see how the people live. And many of the uh, doors that we would knock on, once they open the door, it's very obvious that they have dirt floors. Uh, they, they don't have anything other than that. Uh, but they're a wonderful people. They're open. Uh, they enjoy uh, listening to foreigners. And I believe we can make an impact there. Your giving to missions will make a tremendous difference. So I trust that as you give your faith promise commitment tonight, and uh, ushers, are there any more of those? If you do not have one of these, the ushers are coming. Could you just raise your hand up real quickly? Is there anyone? We gave these out this morning. I didn't know if there's anyone in children's church or such. Okay, thank you, ushers. We've been doing that for three weeks. But I hope you'll prayerfully consider giving more to missions. So when we fill this out, put down what you're going to do more for missions on a weekly basis. And my goal is that we could see four or $5,000 more a month. We averaged over 20000 last year. I know we're above that this year. Uh, but I'd like to see add four or 5000 a month more to missions. And so if everyone has a part, I'm confident we'll reach that goal. Also tonight, we're going to have the ushers come for the evening offering. As we give, we want to be generous to the cause of work. Not only are we trying to send missionaries all around the world, we're also trying to reach this area. And we have had many special days in the last month where hundreds of people have been coming. And it's just amazing how many people have been saved and baptized and joined the church. But we want to continue reaching, and that's what our general fund does. We're going to have uh, Brother Vestal come at this time and lead us in a word of prayer. Let's all stand for the prayer.
and ask God to speak to our hearts. And at the end of the service, again, we'll give our cards in for missions. Put it in the, wor- in the world. Every dollar is a vote to get the gospel to the world. So remember that. And let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity we have to be here tonight. We're so grateful for the wonderful work that you did in our lives this morning and and just the um, emphasis on missions around the world, the opportunity to increase our missions giving or begin uh, giving at this point. I pray that you would bless in each one. And Lord, even with the other needs of our church as we have our offering now, Our tithes and offerings are so important as we uh, seek to run this ministry. We thank you for your hand of blessing upon all that's given. We thankful, Lord, that we have a host of people who give cheerfully to whatever it is. And as we give tonight, I pray that you would bless it and use it and multiply it for your work. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Yes, I'll be. 
so enjoyed that. Before we dismiss um, our little bit of Bible Club, I did want to say quickly, if this is your first time tonight, thank you so much for coming. I didn't mean to pass over you. We're glad you're here. And I hope you'll maybe take a minute and fill out the visitor card in the seat back in front of you. We want to know how we can connect with you and get to know you. And so thank you for coming tonight. Okay, at this time, all the children can be dismissed. Little Bear Bible Club can be dismissed. And thank you for all the children tonight and all those who work in there and help out. What a blessing that is. Praise the Lord. Amen. Okay. Well, tonight we've, I've asked... Uh, Brother Morgan to come up and preach to us what God's laid on his heart and to challenge us in the area of missions. I'm thankful for um, someone who was willing to answer the call and go. And we had a great time in Sunday school class today, just kind of walking through the process and how God touched his heart, God reached him, and how he started growing, getting involved. And then he eventually gave in to the call, and now they're going to Japan, and we're thankful for that. And so let's welcome uh, Brother Morgan tonight, as only we can at Grandview, and uh, let's give him a hand with him. Amen. Well... It's, uh, it's been a great day in God's house today, and uh, I always love, I think I mentioned this this morning, you know, we as missionaries uh, get to be a part of a lot of, uh, you know, missions conferences or just kind of emphasis types of things, and, um, you know, I don't know about you, but when I was, before I was ever a missionary, just a layman in the church, my favorite time or favorite event was missions conference, or sometimes we did a missions emphasis month, we switched around sometimes, but uh, I always loved the idea of missionaries. For somebody else, amen, and not for me. And uh, I thought, Lord, I can't ever do that. I can't, I can't go and be a missionary. I'm just, I'm just a nobody. Who am I? And uh, you know, it took me a long time. I'm, I'm not as smart as a lot of other people, I guess, who figure it out. And and I was talking to some other people who, you know, it's amazing how many people have a similar testimony uh, of uh, maybe all of our testimonies. How we come to Christ is differently is different, but many of us have a testimony where you know we know God is working on our heart about something, and maybe it's to be a missionary, maybe it's to be in the ministry, or maybe it's some other area. But we fight against. God's will, don't we? Many times. Many times as Christians, we get, we get scared of what might happen if we were to uh, submit ourselves to God and His leading. And, well, Lord, if I, if I just will do anything you want me to do, maybe you'll send me to Africa. And we talked about that, how, you know, you think about, I don't know, brother, I'm sorry, Africa, just like the worst place in the world, right? And no. Uh, but it's not if that's where God wants you to be. And so, you know, they sang that song just a moment ago, Will You Be the One? And, uh, and, and as God is working on your heart, maybe it's not necessarily to be a missionary to a foreign country, but if it was, would you be the one? Would you be the one to answer God's call? Would you be like Isaiah in chapter 6 where he says, Lord, here am I, send me. I will go. And I think that, you know, not everybody obviously is going to be called to the foreign mission field, but I heard a preacher say one time, everyone ought to struggle with it. Everyone ought to uh, maybe mull it over in their mind and think, Lord, I would be willing if you would have me to go. I think what God wants so many times in our life is just our heart, our willingness to be submitted to whatever he directs us to in our life. I was talking about Hal last night and something similar about how you thought maybe the Lord would send you to the mission field, but, but really through that process of him surrendering to the mission field, God opened his heart to serve him full-time in ministry. So you never know where God might lead you. And you know, we have heard of many stories of people who God would lead them in one direction and then maybe uh, through time or circumstances, God redirects them into another area. The The important point is, I believe, to give God your heart, lay down your will, submit your will to his will. Like Brother Maskey said this morning, to be in God's will, you have to give up your own will. But I believe here's the secret. You know, we look at that as, man, if I give up my own will, that is horrible. That is awful. I don't want to give up my will because that's mine. It's, I'm holding on to it tightly. And if I give that up, what else do I have left? But I like where it says in the Bible, in, uh, I can't remember what psalm it is, but it says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. I believe that as you submit your will, you lay down your will to God's will, he makes his will become your will, if that makes sense where it's not now, I'm missing out on my will that I gave up so that I could follow God's will. No, God now, I've I've said, Lord, I'll, I'll lay down my will and I'll take your will to be my will. And now as we seek to please God, as we seek to follow God, His will now becomes our will. And it's exciting to follow after God. It's exciting to see where God will lead you in your life as you stay submitted to Him. 
And it's been such an amazing ride now as we've gone to on deputation. We haven't made it to the mission field yet, so I don't know. I could be telling you all kinds of lies, and we're going to get there, and it's going to be awful. But no, I'm just kidding. I, I really don't believe that's the case at all, because God has been so faithful to us. You know, you think about it, is, is, uh, is it all a bed of roses? Is there there's never a trial? No, of course not. There's, life is full of trials and tribulations. We know that. But, you know, the truth is, is life is full of trials, whether you're inside the will of God or outside the will of God. I'd much rather face trials in the, inside of God's will with God directing me and God leading me, knowing that the trial is ordained by God for a purpose. And even when we're outside of God's will, certainly I believe God will allow trials to come as he chastens us and kind of corrects us. We think about Jonah and how he ran from God's will and then God had to send a great fish to uh, uh, swallow him. And he went through all of those things and it was for a purpose to bring Jonah to where God wanted him to be. But wouldn't it have been much better for Jonah just to submit to God's will at the beginning? And I'm thankful that God still used Jonah. I think about that. You know, Jonah chapter 1, he tells Jonah to arise and go into Nineveh, that great city, and uh, preach against it. And, And Jonah says, nope, sorry, God, I'm going the other way. But then in chapter 2, you know, we know the story. Jonah's there in the belly of the whale, and he gets right with God. And then, uh, I love that last verse, right? The, the, the whale vomited him out, right? Amen? That's such a great visual. You think about that. I heard a preacher say one time, I was like, what did that look like, you know? How, you know the whale can't get super close to the shore, you know? So how, how, was he like back a good ways? And he's like, you know, and, the, and Jonah's like flying out there. I don't know what it looked like, but, uh, uh, you know, Jonah then is there in chapter 3, and God calls him again. And called to him the second time and said, Jonah, arise and go into Nineveh. God still used him in his life. You may think tonight that perhaps God is uh, done with you. Maybe, maybe you've missed your opportunity. Maybe you knew God was working on your heart at some point in time to surrender to some area of service, whatever that might have been. Maybe it was foreign missions. Maybe it was just to be a, a soul winner. Maybe it was some other area. But you fought against God's will, you ran the other direction like Jonah did, and now maybe you think that, well, God just can't use me. I've missed out on my opportunity. I want to encourage you tonight, don't ever uh, put God in a box and think that God cannot use you. Because just like God used Jonah after he ran from the will of the Lord for a while, God can still use every single person. As long as you are drawing breath on this earth, God can still use you. And when you realize, like I did, and, and, and uh, in my testimony, I, I don't know, I've, I've said so many different things today, I can't remember who I've said what to, but, you know, I, I went through a long time of my life working in business, thinking that I was doing what I wanted, I was, I was doing God's will my way, and that's not really God's will, you understand? God wanted me to do it His way. And I thought, well, if I go into business, I'll, I'll, I'll still serve God, I'll, I'll run my bus route, I'll teach my Sunday school class, I'll, I'll do all the right things, and I'll also have money, you know, for, yes, for God, and some for me too. And, and again, there's nothing wrong with that, but it was not what God's will was for me. And once I finally realized that, why would the God who created me, the God who loved me so much that he sent his own son to die on a cross for me, he knows the number of hairs on my head, why would he ever call me to a, 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 a life that would be less optimal some way than something that I could do? No, God's will is always the best will for our lives. And I heard somebody say one time, even God's second best or third best will is still better than our will. And I want to encourage you if tonight, if, if maybe you think, well, God's done with me. No, just, just make today a new day. Make today a, a fresh start and say, Lord, I'm going to follow your will, whatever that might be. I'm willing to, I will be the one. I will go to whatever you have for me, Lord. And I promise you, God will use you in a unique and exciting way. And uh, it, it's just, I don't know, since we've surrendered to God's will and going to be on the mission, uh, to be on deputation now, going to the mission field, it's been the most exciting, rewarding life we could ever live. And there's so much joy in serving God. And I hope today that uh, your heart has been stirred through the preaching and uh, through everything that's gone on maybe this month and that you would say, Lord, I will go and do whatever it is that you want me to do. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Amen? All right, well, that was all for free. All right, let's go to the book of Acts now, chapter number 3. Acts chapter 3. Love the book of Acts, as we look at, uh, you know, of course, the Gospels, we see how, uh, you know, 
we see the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ and how he was here on this earth and he performed all the miracles and he gave sight to the blind and he healed the sick and he raised Lazarus from the dead and all the great things that he did. And then we see at the end, of course, where he was crucified and he was killed and he gave his life for ours. He, he gave his life in exchange to pay for our sins, the wrongs that we had done. Isn't it amazing to think that we have a God that loves us so much we can't even comprehend it? The Bible says that uh, uh, God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You know, when my, when my children are, are, are disobeying or they're doing something they're not supposed to, I don't really feel like, you know, doing something great for them. But God loved us so much, even that while we were sinning against him, while we were uh, uh, maybe cursing him or, or going the opposite direction of what he would want in our life, He loved us so much that he sent his own son to die for us. What an amazing God that we serve. We see that in Jesus Christ, he died on the cross, and of course he rose from the dead. And and, uh, then we get to the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 1, and we see that verse there, you know, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, where Jesus Christ, right before he ascends to heaven, he gives that charge to the disciples, his uh, disciples, the apostles there, and he said, but ye shall receive power, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and under the uttermost part of the earth. And we get that, we use that to think how God will use us to reach our Jerusalem, and for you this would be Oregon, this, uh, uh, you know, this immediate area right here, but also your outline areas, and Portland, and maybe surrounding areas, Salem, and, and going out a little bit bigger, and, and then God will use you to reach uh, your estate maybe, and your country, but then also at the same time, that word both in that verse there, means also to the uttermost part of the earth, and that's where missions comes in, and how you can have a part of supporting not only the work of God here in your area, but also across the world to see the gospel go out and people trust Christ as their Savior. What an amazing thing to be a part of that. Then we see Acts chapter 2. Of course, we see the day of Pentecost and how Peter comes and he preaches there and all people come from all over and they hear the gospel in their own language and many are saved and baptized and, and God is really starting to move and things are starting to happen. And then we get to verse or sorry, chapter 3 here. Let's read together, if you will, starting at verse number 1, Acts chapter 3, verse 1. The Bible says, Now Peter and John went up to the, together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. Let's just pray real quick. Lord, thank you so much for this time here tonight. Lord, I pray that you would speak through me. Father, help me to say what you would want me to say. Pray the Holy Spirit would do the work in the hearts of your people here tonight, God, and encourage and and convict and, Lord, uh, bring about decisions in the hearts of your people tonight that would help them to accomplish your will for them. Lord, I pray as we seek to follow you each and every day, Lord, help us to daily stay submitted to your will, that every day we would say, Lord, here am I, send me, use me. Help us now, Father, as we look in your word, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. We see this story here of this man who was uh, uh, unable to walk, he was a lame man, and the Bible never gives us his name, it just says a certain man. But he was unable to walk. He had a sickness. He had an infirmity in his flesh that caused him not to be able to do something. Can you imagine not being able to walk, not being able to go to take yourself to the restroom, uh, you know, not being able to go to the refrigerator? I don't know if they had refrigerators back then, but you know, uh, not being able to go get yourself food and having to rely on people to bring you things or to take you to places. The Bible says that this man, if you read in chapter 4, he was over 40 years old. So he had been lame for a very long time. And he had this sickness. And I believe that this man is a, a picture of, uh, of just any single person we think about who, while not everybody may have a, a sickness of not being able to walk, 
Every single person is born with a sickness. Every one of us is born with a sin sickness. A sickness that we are unable to cure on our own. This man had a sickness of his flesh, an inability to walk, and he was born that way. And likewise, all of us are born with that sin sickness that we are unable to heal ourselves of. This man was laid daily at the gate. Somebody was taking him and bringing him to a place where maybe he would receive help. Aren't you glad for those who are involved in bringing people to the place where they can receive help? Uh, I'm glad. I saw some buses out here. You guys have a bus ministry. And hey, we may not be able to go out and, and tell every single person necessarily at every single time about the gospel. But hey, we can bring them to the place where they can hear the gospel. Amen. This man was brought to that temple and laid there. And, and, uh, but nobody was ever able to help him with what he truly needed. Nobody was able to heal him of that infirmity in his flesh. And this old man here was lame. But then we see also that the apostles were loving. Look at verse number 3. The Bible says, "...who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked in alms. And Peter, fasting his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them." You can imagine this man, he's sitting there, he, you know, it's like those guys you see with the cardboard sign, right? It says, you know, anything helps, God bless. They always put God bless on there, right? Like, you know, I'm sure they're, they, they would be in church if they could just get there. And, uh, but, you know, they, they, uh, he had out his little thing or whatever it was, his cup, and he was asking for alms, just, just enough money to make it to another day, just enough to buy a loaf of bread or, or a, a, some a, amount of food that he could make it to a next day. But yet, uh, Peter and John were walking by and they said, hey, sir, look on us. And this man, the Bible says, he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something. He was excited. He's like, all right, here it is, payday. They're going to give me something right now. And, and then Peter burst his bubble, didn't he? He said, in verse number uh, 6 there, he said, Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none. You know, that's, uh, uh, now, I don't recommend doing this. I heard some people say, you know, you go to a restaurant and uh, you don't leave a tip, and you write on your, your, your check there, you say, hey, I, I, I'm not leaving you a tip today, but I have something better than a tip, and it's the gospel. Don't do that, okay? Uh, that's not a good way to make a good impression on somebody, to, to give out a tract to them, all right? Uh, uh, yes, the gospel is better than silver and gold, amen, but sometimes the silver and gold helps to kind of uh, make that connection so they can receive the gospel, amen? But Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. Peter was able to, through the power of Jesus Christ, lift this man up and this man was changed. This man was healed of his sickness. But it could have been very easy for Peter and John. They were on their way to the temple. You can think that they saw this man out there. And, you know, like we see many people all over the place. We think about Portland. I think Portland is it like the number one or number two on the amount of homeless people in, in the United States. It's, it's up there. And uh, it's a problem. And we see these people, and it's very, very easy, if we're not careful, to allow our hearts to become hardened and to become cold towards those things. And we see those people, and, you know, we just keep walking, right? It's just like, got to keep going. Don't make eye contact, right? Because once you make eye contact, it's over. Uh, you know, then you, gotta, then you feel guilty, and you got to do something. But these men, they had compassion. They saw this man. No doubt they had a place to go. We think, well, they were on their way to church. I'm, I would help this man, but I've, I've got to be at church. The Bible says in Jude, and of some have compassion, making a difference. These men had compassion on this lame man, and because they had compassion, they didn't just walk by and say, oh, look at that poor man who can't walk. Well, we got to go. Let's keep walking. No, they said, hey, let's go and help this man. Let's go and give him something. And they said, sir, we don't have any money. We have no silver and gold, but we have Jesus Christ. And such as we have, we'll give to thee. And he said there in verse number 7, he says, And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he said in verse 6, he said, In the name of not Peter, not John, but in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. They gave to this man Jesus Christ. I believe this man, not only was he healed of his sickness of his legs, the Bible says that he immediately received strength in his feet and ankle bones. But if you look at verse number 16, Peter is talking to people later on and he says, In his name, talking about Jesus there, through faith in his name hath made this man strong, whom ye see and know, yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. This man, once he was healed, he went walking and leaping and praising God and he was excited about it. And I believe that this man, not only did he 
get healed of his sickness, I believe he also got saved that day because he had faith in Jesus Christ. You may not have a lot of money. I know right now, you, you know, you guys got a building project going on. You know, you've got, you've got school. You've got now missions. Man, we just keep asking you for your money, don't we? You may not have a lot of money. But if you're here today and you have Jesus Christ as your Savior, then you have something that you can offer this entire world. You have something that is far better than silver and gold. And we have the answer. We have the cure. I heard a story one time, and you've maybe heard it before, and we think about if somebody, there was a doctor out there, and somehow he came upon the, uh, he discovered the cure for cancer. And he could give this cure to the whole world, but yet he decided to keep it to himself. Man, we would think of that doctor, what a horrible person. Who would ever keep that back and not offer it to the world to help all of those people? But how much more awful is it for Christians to hold back what can truly help this world? What can truly cure the condition of this world? Hey, I'm all for curing cancer. I'm all for giving money to the poor. All those things are great. But none of that matters if somebody dies and goes to hell. What are we doing with what we have? With Jesus Christ? Are we having compassion like these disciples had? Like Peter and John had? Are we giving what we have to others? Or are we too busy with our lives, our our day-to-day routine? Hey, routines are great. I miss routines. Routines are something we have not known for a while now, being on deputation. It's not a life of, uh, uh, of regular routine. We're in a different church almost every Sunday and, and sometimes every Wednesday. And I mean, we're, we, we've driven, I don't know how many miles, probably 50,000 miles or something like that. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's been crazy. And it's been a blessing, don't get me wrong. But man, I'm just looking forward to that time when we can Go back to having a routine. You know, I get up at the same time every day and I, I can, uh, you know, schedule my events in the day and, and have some consistency. And all those things are great, but if those things hold us back from maybe stopping and allowing God to work on our heart when he puts somebody in our path that we're able to reach. You know, God will place people in your life that only you will be able to reach. And that person's only opportunity to hear the gospel may be your witness. Are you willing to share Jesus Christ with them? Or do you have somewhere you have to be? Something else you have to do? May I encourage you, I don't believe there's anything more important for us as Christians than sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. You may say, well, I don't, I don't, know, how to, uh, I don't know how to tell somebody about Jesus Christ. Well, a good way is to start is to maybe come along with somebody who goes out soul winning and just follow them along. Listen to them and, and learn how uh, other people are able to witness to others and, and then take a next step of faith and say, well, okay, I'm going to try to do it now. And, and listen, you don't have to know all the Bible verses. If you have Jesus Christ with you, if you have the Holy Spirit indwelling you, then God can use you to share your faith with somebody else. The problem is many times we lack compassion. These apostles were loving. And because of that, this old man who was lame, now he is a new man and he is leaping. Look with me at verse number 8 again. He says, And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. Man, what an amazing transformation that happened to this man's life. He was once he was unable to walk for all those years, and all the people saw him all that time, and now all of a sudden, you think about it, over 40 years, unable to walk, and he didn't just stand up and, and say, well, hey, that's pretty interesting. Thanks, guys. Well, see you later. No, he was excited about it. He had something drastic change in his life, and he went walking and leaping and praising God. Hey, what about us? God changed our lives, didn't he? Are we walking and leaping and praising God? And I'm not saying you have to go all over the place, you know, just skipping around and, and shouting and being crazy. But this man had a testimony of a changed life because he met Jesus Christ. Do we have a testimony that would say, hey, look at that person there. There's something different about them. This man, life was changed because of Jesus Christ, and he was excited about it. He was, he was uh, uh, you know, thrilled, not only the ability that he could, he could walk, no doubt, but I believe he was also excited about what God did in his life because he said he was praising God. Hey, some of us as Christians need to get back to the place where we remember what God did in our life, and we praise God for it. 
The moment we stop thanking God for what He's done for us is the moment we start to get cold in our walk with God. This man was leaping. And most importantly then, nextly, the people were looking. Look at verse number 9. He says, And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they knew that it was he which sat at alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. You know, people watch our lives as Christians. They look at us. They look at, are we for real or not? Are we a real Christian or not? Do we have a testimony like this man has where we are excited about the things of God? We're excited that Jesus Christ changed our life. You know, when you get excited about it, when you start thanking God for all he's done for you and you realize how good you have it as a Christian, it's not very difficult to go in to tell somebody else about it, right? When, man, when we find that product or something that changed our life, you know, man, this shampoo, it just totally got rid of all my dandruff. It's the best thing ever. And we get excited about it. We want to tell our, our, our family about it. We want to tell our friends about it. When we find something that's good, when we find something that we are excited about, it's not difficult to share it with others, is it? Maybe the problem with some of us is that we're just not that excited about what Jesus did for us. We've grown cold in our hearts. We're unthankful. This man was excited that God changed his life. And as a result, he didn't care who saw him. He didn't care if he looked like a, a, you know, an idiot jumping around and praising God. He was excited because God changed his life. And the people were looking at him. Look what it says as we read down. And uh, uh, verse uh, number 11 says, All the people were filled with wonder and amazement. And then verse number 11, he says, And as the lame man, which was uh, healed, or uh, held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them into, in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Or why look ye so earnestly on us, as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk? The God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, hath glorified his son Jesus, whom ye delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But ye denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you and killed the Prince of Life, whom God hath raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. And his name, through faith in his name, hath made this man strong, whom ye see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. And now, brethren, I wot that, you, that through ignorance ye did it, as did your, also your rulers. But those things which God before had showed by the mouth of all his prophets, that Christ should suffer, he hath so fulfilled. Repent ye, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Because of this man's testimony, because that he was excited about what happened in his life, Peter had an opportunity to preach to many, many more people. Many more people heard the gospel because somebody had compassion, made a difference in somebody's life, and their testimony gave an opportunity for others to hear the gospel as well. Look at chapter 4. People started getting mad. Of course, all the religious people got angry and they, they went and they gathered up Peter and John and they put them in a hold until the next day there. And then in verse number 4, chapter 4, it says, Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men was about how many? 5,000. I, I don't know about you, I think that's pretty exciting. 5,000 people believed on Jesus Christ because of this man's testimony. I sure hope that my testimony would be able to lead others to Christ. I hope that people could see the change in my life. Hey, I don't want to get, get uh, the gospel. I don't want to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior and then go back to living uh, like the world, like I used to live. I've been there. I've done that. I've got the t-shirts. Amen. I don't need to go back to that world. I want to rejoice in what Jesus Christ has done for me and be able to share it with others also. This man had a testimony that allowed 5,000 more people to hear the gospel and get saved. You say, well, that's great. That makes a great, great story in the Bible. You know, I think sometimes, if we're not careful, we kind of disconnect the Bible from reality. Almost think of it like a storybook, you know. But, but this, this really happened. This is a real event that took place. You think, well, that's okay, that's fine, but, you know, I'm not an apostle. I'm not one of Jesus Christ's disciples. 
I never went to Bible college. I never uh, was able, I didn't grow up in a Christian home, whatever the case may be. My question is, do you have Jesus Christ in your heart? Do you have the Holy Spirit? Because if you do, look at verse number 8. It says, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name uh, under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved." Peter was able to preach. Why? Not because he was some great orator or very educated. No, he was just a simple fisherman. But he was filled with the Holy Ghost. And look what it says most importantly in verse 13. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled. And they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Is that our testimony? today? Can people look at our lives and say, man, I don't know what it is, but it's obvious that there's something different. They've been with Jesus. You see, the people we spend time around will influence the way that we act, our mannerisms, the things that we like, the the things that we set our mind upon. When we we spend all of our time uh, around people that are consumed with this world, of this present life, then our mind and our life will begin to reflect those things as well. If we're trying to keep up with the Kardashians, okay, that's, that's the things that we will go after. But when we spend time with Jesus, when we spend time walking with God, when we begin to set our affections not on things of this earth, but on things above, those are the things that will begin to come out of us as well. I hope that People can look at our lives as Christians and say, they've been with Jesus. And that through our testimony and through the example of our life that's been changed, not because we're some great uh, uh, person, not because we're special, but simply because we have a great God and we have a great Savior, that through our testimony, many others would have an opportunity to hear the gospel and be saved. God can use every single person in this room today. God desires to use us isn't that amazing? We, we can really offer nothing. In the sight of God, the God that created the entire universe who could do anything he wants to, who are we? We're nothing. But yet he loves us so much and he desires to use us. We just simply have to say, Lord, here am I. Send me. Lord, I'll, I'll go talk to that person. I'll go give them a track. I'll, I'll give money to send missionaries. I'll go and be a part of your work and maybe go to a foreign field. This world's going to end, folks. All of the treasures that we can store up in this earth are going to someday burn up and be worth absolutely nothing. I'd much rather send my investments forward, lay up treasures in heaven that will last forever because forever is a long time. And down here is just a vapor that vanisheth away. Hope you have a desire to have a testimony that lets other people know, not that you're better than them, not that you're somehow special, but that you've been with Jesus. And there's a difference. And as a result, others will have an opportunity to hear the gospel as well. Amen? Lord, thank you so much for your word tonight. God, I pray that in our lives as as Christians, Lord, we, we all struggle with the same things, Lord. There is no temptation taken us, but such as is common to men. Lord, we've all faced the same things. We are all sinners. And we all are going to struggle. But God, if we stay close to you, if we keep our hearts right, if we continually walk with you and have a desire for you to use our lives, Lord, I know that you will use anyone that's in here today. I'm amazed, Lord, that you would use my life for anything at all. And I'm so thankful, God, that I can have a small part of your work here on this earth while we still have time. Father, help us all as Christians.
not as missionaries, not as pastors, not as staff members, Lord, but just as Christian believers to have a part of sending the gospel to Oregon, to Portland, Lord, to America, to the entire world. Help us to have a part of that today. We'll thank you for how you'll use us, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Brother Morgan. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Let me just encourage you today. Um, just a second, if you could hold off there. If there's someone here today that maybe we would say, Pastor Justin, there's uh, Lord touched my heart today. I heard a lot about the gospel, a whole lot about missions. But I realized today that, you know, uh, I'm not for sure I'm going to heaven. I don't know. And if I could know, I'd love to know. With heads bowed and eyes closed, somebody would say, that's me. Would you just slip up your hand? I want to pray for you today. Anybody like that? God bless you. I see that hand. Anybody else, maybe? And you say, Pastor Justin, I know. I, I don't know for sure, but I'd love to invite Jesus Christ in your life. Just say maybe something like this in your heart. Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I deserve to go to hell, but I don't want to go there. Lord, please come into my heart and save me and take me to heaven when I die so I can go to heaven with you. Thank you, Jesus, with head bowed and eyes closed. If you prayed that prayer, then you just invited Jesus Christ in your life. Maybe there's someone here today that would say, you know what, Pastor Justin, from Brother Maskey's message this morning on the will of God, or Brother Morgan's message tonight, or the videos, God touched my heart about maybe yielding to him and giving my life to him. Not, not salvation, but I'm willing to submit and yield myself to him, and he can do whatever he wants through me. With heads bowed and eyes closed, tell me to say, Pastor Justin, God touched my heart. If that's you, we slip your hand. I want to pray for you tonight. God bless you. I see those hands. I see those hands. Praise the Lord. How many say, you know what? I believe God's touched my heart about maybe missions, about maybe missions. And if God would call me, or if God would enable me, or if God would send me, I would go. If that's you, we slip your hand. I want to pray for you. God bless you. God bless you. Maybe there's someone else tonight that would say, I didn't get a chance this morning. But I want to give uh, my commitment card in the Globes. We're going to have a chance in just a second. And so uh, let's go ahead and pray real quickly, and then we'll do that. Lord, I pray you'll be with the hands. You know the hearts. Lord, you're working. Lord, may you continue to do that. Bless this invitation time in Jesus' name. Amen. If you could stand to your feet, the piano's going to play. And the Globes are here. Maybe someone needs to come forward. Maybe you raised your hand. This is a good time to come forward and make that decision with God. Uh, use an old-fashioned altar and pray. Uh, our pastors are down here. They'll be happy to pray with you if the Lord's touched your heart. Let me encourage you today uh, to not leave without getting that settled in your heart. Uh, God might be tugging on your heart. I want to encourage you today uh, to follow his will, follow his leading. I've shared my uh, uh, testimony often how God, I fought God for a while, much like these uh, missionaries have said today, and I finally gave in. Maybe there's a young man or a young lady out there that, that God's tugging at your heart. May I, may I encourage you just to, to give in. Maybe it's an older person. Say, you know what, Brother Morgan encouraged me. Uh, here he is, a middle-aged man, and God touched his heart. And, and I don't know what it is, but I know one thing. I'm all in. I want to take that next step, and I want God to use me. Now is a great time maybe to come forward. Maybe there's one or two others that haven't had a chance to put your uh, card in the glove. Let me encourage you to come forward at this time and as God leads you today. seated. We have a quick video to share with you, just a few upcoming events, and then we'll be on our way tonight.
teenagers, don't miss the overtime teen activity tonight following the service. We will meet for s'mores and games, and the activity will end around 7.30 p.m. We're looking forward to our Trunk or Treat Sunday on October 30th at 5 p.m. Uh, this is going to be a wonderful time for the families of our church to be able to come and just have a great time uh, with different trunks and games that are able to be played. This is also a great opportunity to invite someone uh, maybe that hasn't been to our church before uh, to come visit and to see our church and to be able to be a part of this Trunk or Treat Sunday. Thank you so much to those who have already signed up. We still have a few spots available if you'd like to also sign up as well. And for those uh, who have brought candy, we're able to use that and also able to buy some candy as well. Uh, we are so excited about this event. I wanted to mention as well, we are doing a giveaway with this event. We're able to give away a grocery card. Uh, we have a fire pit to give away. Uh, we have a Cabela's camp chair to give away. It's just going to be an amazing event, October 30th at 5 p.m. We have Thanksgiving and Christmas coming up, and the school is here to help with your dessert needs. Grandview Christian Academy has started a fundraiser selling pastries and cookie dough. The students have already begun raising money for this fundraiser and will continue to do so until November 3rd. All the proceeds for this fundraiser are being put towards the Mudgler Family Center. We have great prizes for the students to earn based off their sales, so make sure you're getting your holiday desserts from GBCA students. For questions or more information, go to grandviewacademy.com. On November 6th, we're having a very special day for seniors here at Grandview Baptist Church. We are calling it Grandparents Day. And not that everyone 55 years of age and older is a grandparent, we understand that. But by calling it that, we are looking to invite our friends that we know have grandchildren and invite them to come. After the 11 o'clock service, we're having a meal for every senior in our church. We're going to have a wonderful meal together. Also on that day, we're asking our grandparents to invite their grandchildren. Any grandchildren that come on that day who have a grandparent in the service is going to get a special gift given by the church to that grandchild. So we'll give it to you, and you can give it to your grandchildren just because you and them are in church on the same day. It's going to be a wonderful time, and I trust that you'll be a part of that November the 6th. If this is your first or second time here, we want to answer your questions and get to know you. Please fill out the Connect card in the pew in front of you and bring it to guest services as you exit the auditorium. We'd love to meet you, and you will receive a gift card. Have a great week, and we'll see you Wednesday night at 7. Don't forget, the youth activity is tonight and 7.15. 7.15, parents, that will be over. And so I hope you have a great night. See you Wednesday night uh, as Brother Much will be preaching. Hope you'll enjoy that. You are dismissed.